one podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering subreddits for salt. This is The Howling Salt Mine. It's The Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Mine. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Howling Salt Mine podcast. The podcast where we are delving into the saltiest minds of the Magic the Gathering and EDH culture. We're going in the Reddit. We're going in our email, our DMs. We're getting those salty stories, getting those salty confessionals, and bringing them to you, our dear, dear prospectors. As always, I'm your host, Sam, and I'm joined today by Mike and Tony. Say hey, guys. What up, what up, what up? Hello. Hello, indeed. You guys like that new intro that I did? What do you think? I liked you emphasizing culture. Like <laughs> we, we really are like a cultural podcast. Really, just <laughs> commentating on like culture. <laughs> yeah, and the spirit of the format as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. We're really a spiritual podcast We're when spirit- it comes down to it. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm moved when I hear it. <laughs> 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 so how are you guys doing what's new uh we literally talked yesterday so yeah this well, well i thought yes. mike would like didn't oh wait no you're about to go to new york i was gonna be like didn't yeah. you like go to new york and like do cool stuff and i was like no, no you didn't fucking do that not, not in the 24 hours since we last talked no i uh we did talk about magda last time we recorded though and i've been in a deep hole of rebrewing the cdh list and Tell there's us about some your deep hole I'll tell you all about my deep hole. Uh, it's filled with tokens. It's it's my the hole is filled with Academy manufacturer, and I'm so excited about it. There's like janky new Magdalines that people have discovered, and uh, I can't wait to have them get blown up by Morath. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, dude. I was reading those lines. You posted them up in our uh, Patreon Discord. Hey. And it was really, it's a pause for the emphasis on those yeah, plugs. I like that. And um, the lines are fucking chunky in a good yeah. way. Like I felt like I was reading Gitrog primer lines where <laughs> oh my God. as I was reading it, like my eyes were spinning a little bit, but I liked it. Yeah. It's like duplicate two Academy manufacturers. Now you're in a 2 a.m. state and you can then like, yeah. <laughs> you can enter a welder loop where you're recurring. It's just like, it's great. I'm so excited about it. Yeah. How do you was, do a welder loop? Are you like, what are you untapping stuff with? You're using the artifact that comes in as a copy of another creature, but remains an artifact, like the the three mana. It's like cursed a rock. Mirror. Otherwise, cursed mirror. Cursed yeah. mirror. I so am huge like, on cursed mirror, dude. I think yeah. cursed mirror is one of the better cards printed for red in the last year. It's fucking insane. Yeah. You're like weldering cursed mirror with mask wood nexus out and repeatedly doing that so that since it's it's like a goblin welder but it's also a dwarf because of the mask wood nexus so every time you're looping it you're gaining a treasure oh uh, mm, yeah that's fucking nasty <laughs> it's just ridiculous mm, it's just like so ridiculous nasty. stuff <laughs> yeah i really really love that um and before anyone adds us it's academy manufactor oh god 
it's embarrassing. Should we just take that entire part again? <laughs> yeah, let's just take it from the top. You we guys have just your cut lines, it all right? out. It's not even worth being in here. That's get so it, funny because I've been right. staring at that card like nonstop too. It's a good I'm thing just... this is a scripted podcast because we can just yeah. reread it fresh. And yeah, I, I don't know how I missed that in my notes. Yeah, you hit the blocking right though. We all yeah. laughed at the appropriate parts. Nice. <laughs> yeah, the laugh track's gonna fit easily on top of that. <laughs> <laughs> so incredibly easily yeah i'm i'm jealous of that man because i have been in a deck building slump and it's a major bummer like i really want to be deck building uh i, I actually really want to be brewing cdh decks or even just physically rebuilding old cdh decks that i'm a mm-hmm. little bit more comfortable with um i've been kind of stretching out and trying some different stuff with my marath deck and not loving it, uh, which was compounded by an extremely poor performance on a stream where I was like, <laughs> just feeling like a loser. <laughs> Did you okay. like mess you just up have performance issues, Sam? Yeah, yeah, I do. What nice. you say, Mike? Did you what? What was the what happened on that stream? Oh my god! I didn't gosh. get to watch well, all of it. This is what happened. Nothing. Nothing happened oh. for Sam. <laughs> yeah, yeah that until is I played my Linvala Keeper of Silence and completely shut out Tony. <laughs> That I was guess, but even that, I feel like I almost won a couple times, but like Salvala hey, do, she wins. just didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, Salvala always threatens a win. She just doesn't ever actually do it because she can't fight through all the bullshit at the table. And, and you know, this is ex- uh, for people who aren't familiar. This is Salvala Explorer Returned, which is Tony's CDH deck of choice. It is a Selesnia like twiddle combo deck. So he's tapping and untapping making people draw a shit ton of cards, usually with a silence effect out. But the problem with Selvala is when you parlay, you're giving other people shit. So if you yeah. like are trying to shoot your shot and you parlay four or five times, guess what? Everybody just got four or five cards. And it's like, especially with the channel lands these days, it's like just a matter mm, of time yeah. before you get disrupted. You Someone's going to yeah. find that Ottawara. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I kept a really bad mulligan and it looked good. And then when I was actually playing it out, it was really bad. Like the first time, the first hand I kept, I had to go down super, super far. Uh, I had to go down to like four or five cards and it was just still bad. And I should have kept my second seven. And then in a future game, I mulliganed to my second seven and it looked good because I had like an Esper Sentinel and a bunch of stuff like that. But it had a prismatic, uh, what the fuck is it? What's the fetch land that tutors up a basic? Prismatic Vista. Yeah. It had a prismatic Vista and not like a true fetch land. And I was just mana fucked. I was actually stuck on white land and I had no green. And I only opened up on turn four, I think it was, when Tony dropped down a Yavimaya Cradle of Growth. And he he played around it. Like he could have dropped that turn two and he chose not to uh, because he knew that it was shutting me out, rightfully so. And finally, he dropped it out, and I sort of had a presence in the game. But at that point, I was just making a ton of misplays, and I was kind of frazzled. And I don't know. I'm trying like a more aggressive Marath build because the stacks, the stacks build that I know and love, I do enjoy it. I like it a lot, but it's not fun to play every single time I jam a CDH game. You know, like I love to play it, but I don't want to always have like a two-hour CDH experience. Or even like an hour and a half or, you know, I want, I want the games to be fast, right? And I think the other thing that it 
The other issue that I've been having with the heavy stacks Marath is that when I play it into a mirror with another stacks deck, like Mike's um, five color Sisse tutor chains, sometimes I stacks out the two other decks and Mike's deck is just totally fine. And he plays through it, no problem. Very nice. Keep playing that. And when, yeah. when he says sometimes, he means every fucking time. Not every <laughs> fucking time. It's not every time. Um, but it, it is enough where it's frustrating. Like yeah. I have some things I can do against Sisse, and and I do them well, which is like shoot a bloom tender right in its face. But <laughs> but, but that anger is for, you know that is not always. Um, the solution that's available to me. And I don't know. I'm just kind of, I love that morass CDH deck, but man, I, I miss playing like, I miss playing like breach freeze. Like I used to play Tim Necrom wheels all the time back when Hull Breacher was around. And I feel like I was just kicking ass way more frequently than I do now. Yeah. I feel like the, uh, a Ruth deck that, uh, was played that Josh was, was playing. Yeah. Josh actually mind made muscle me, magic. Yeah, it made me want to play that day. It made me miss my uh Quark Sakashima deck because mm. it was like similar, but much, much more deterministic. Which yeah. you could also there's aren't there CDH builds for Locust God? You could consider just like there are that, right? Yeah, there are, but not the same. The same time, fuck blue. Like Tony, oh you should God. bring back Quark Sakashima, man. Yeah, you should, but you just have to goldfish it. Like that's the problem. The problem that you had with that deck is it took you like 20 minutes to resolve your turns. It doesn't have to be that slow. There's tons and tons. It was of not just Sakashima that. It's because like you're like trying to luck into something half the time. And like maybe yes. the lines are different now, but like that was the problem that like I ha- we had to play it out. It wasn't like definitive that I was going to get it. And well, so I think I think nowadays maybe if y'all didn't deck, fucking yell at me, I would still play it. <laughs> Shut up and listen to me. The trend continues. <laughs> we get we get slightly annoyed by something Tony does, and he's like, "No, I didn't mean to. I'll stop forever." And then we're like, "No, do it again." He's like, "No, I won't." We're like, "Why would you do it again?" <laughs> but but truthfully, I do think that that deck has tuned up a little bit, and I mean it. It's still non deterministic, but it might just be a a matter of like sitting for one additional turn rotation and building your board to a state where it is a little bit more deterministic. Like one of the things that you admittedly like to do is shoot your shot and risk it for the biscuit and just like go for it. And I think some, (laughs) I think some decks, in fact, maybe many decks, it's not quite the right move. You got to just like wait one extra turn and then go for it. You know, there's a pattern of all of my CDH decks that, that is what they do. <laughs> like, yeah. They shoot their shot. I mean, I know Tony just do that, yosses like, himself a lot of those are fire. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm impatient. I can't like wait. That's why I was going to play uh, Kira Cody. Oh, Cody. I was going to play Cody mm. because Cody is just like brutal and like wins on turn two. And there's kind of like, there is no getting around that. Like, that's what it do. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wins really fast. It's what it do. Um, you... But it's just so boring <laughs> is what I kept hearing from people that it's like, yes, it wins. But like, it's just not fun yeah. to play. It's not even to play against. It's just like, it's like, all right, we'll shuffle up and do it again. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I hear the exact same thing. Cody is one of those decks that's not fun to play against. Not really fun to play. And also, if you sit down and everyone sees a Cody, they're going to mulligan hard for free counter magic. 
and you're going to get countered turn one or turn two. And then guess what? You're pretty much out of the game at that point. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's just kind of the ultimate like glass cannon for sure. Um, A little bit more resiliency than your typical glass cannon, but yeah, but yeah, you you do love those glass cannon decks, man. Go down. You're on Kyrick now. Your most resilient deck. You just never, ever play it, uh, which is, um, fuck, what is that commander? The, the blue one that makes copies? Orvar. No, Orvar. Yeah, which is yeah. Orvar. Yep. Your well, that's Orvar because deck. I feel like I stopped playing it because it's like annoyingly complex. And I was like, <laughs> I don't even like care to like figure out what the right <laughs> thing is with some of these lines right now. It probably would do well. Our meta has shifted a bunch, so it probably would do well in our current meta, to be honest. Probably. But that was the other thing. Like in the meta I was in, we were playing at the time. It just didn't play into it very well. Yeah. Uh, our, our CDH meta went from being like incredibly heavy control. Like essentially all of us were playing control decks. Except me. I was just trying to do shit that you can't do into three control decks. Yeah, I was trying you to go to an go to old. into three and Corvold into three <laughs> fucking Corvold is my Corvold most resilient deck. Bring back Corvold Corvold. held its own and I'm amazed you're not playing it because that deck yeah. wins a lot. Yep. But yeah, you were playing Godo into Emery, which is like mono blue cdh so you're gonna have a strong con- control package my tefiri chain veil deck which had a super strong control package and then nick's elsha of the infinite deck which had a super strong control package and it was just like constant huge counter spell wars on the stack and shit like that and that's really was like the name of the game until we started going super creature heavy un- until halden and paco really came on the scene and fucking yeah. shook up the meta hard and now we're all playing fucking creature decks. <laughs> yeah, now we're all playing creature decks. Yep. My attempt, my attempt at brewing up this Tibalt list to try and shake that up has not gone well so far. But we'll see. Are you still Maybe. gonna go for that, or are you are you just that's, gonna go back to Bagda? That's pretty much what happened. Is like we played that that once, and I was like, "Ooh, this is uh, less impressive than I wanted it to be." Maybe <laughs> I'll just go back to something more fun like Magda. That's kind of how I feel about my Agar, the Freezing Flame deck. I don't think it's ever going to have like really good legs in a matchup, but it is interesting. I mean, it's fun to goldfish when I get bored, but you know what that deck made me think of? Underworld Breach Loops. I forgot how much I fucking love playing <laughs> Underworld Breach Loops, man. It is so enjoyable to play. How much you love playing breach. our Underworld Breach Loops? Like you'd be like, oh, Nick got breached. Nick, yeah. this is what you do. This is how you win the game. <laughs> yeah, I'm so guilty of. As soon as someone landed a breach, I'd be like, "You have it right now." They'd be like, yeah. "Do I?" I'm like, it's on the board. It's right there. <laughs> yeah. And dude, the thing that I've been super into with um, the Agar deck is dual caster mage and twin flame combos with underworld breach mm. because you can. You can drop a twin flame for value and like copy a double, uh, copy a dockside extortionist or something, and then get your underworld breach out and then go from there and like still bust out the combo. Um, there's a little bit of that and that new Marath build I'm working on where um, you can you can use twin flame for value to like copy a specific creature and then bring it back with underworld breach or with um god with eternal witness 
I oh, always wait, fucking skull forget winder? that. Skullwinder? Not Skullwinder? Not Skullwinder. Why wouldn't you I, use Skullwinder? <laughs> please, I almost bro, forgot. Please. I almost forgot the name again and said Skullwinder. But um, but yeah, like that line of play is just really enticing. So I, I want to explore that a little bit more. But at the same time, I don't know. I just want to put together like one of my older decks and just jam it again, man. Like Jessica Silas was so fun to play. Yeah. Um, even fucking Eureka CDH was a blast. I would love to bring that back because I'm not playing that deck in casual. Speaking of things that I would love to bring back, should we bring back uh, talking about salt on this podcast? <laughs> Mike, I'm not done. <laughs> name name more partners, say Breach, and then that you miss them. And Underworld then- Breach. <laughs> uh, Roger Silas. Tile uh, <laughs> Smasher uh, Thrasios. <laughs> I don't miss that deck. <laughs> played that like two times it was fine yes okay i guess we'll do some questions yay so this yay. is the how insult my podcast we talk about salty stories sometimes we ramble at the beginning of each episode um and we hear you guys like that so that's why we do it you fucking started this with your compliments <laughs> but sam what salt nice <laughs> that was great uh is that an impression of pat when pat did it when so really i'm in doing an impression of myself of what pat did of what i'm doing of what pat did fucking full inception right now <laughs> salt is when you brew up a new deck bring it to a live stream play it and <laughs> absolutely shit the bed and just feel like a complete and utter asshole and idiot nice (laughs) salt is when you continually try to build a specific archetype maybe like a really fast combo and you keep playing it into a meta where it just will not survive and you just get so frustrated with the deck that you're constantly taking it apart building new ones and uh you know getting frustrated with the whole process Mm. um salt is a lot of things in magic it's it's really just kind of a catch-all term for frustrations in the game and today we're going to be talking about a few different facets of that. So shall we get into it, guys? Let's. Fuck yeah, baby. Please don't curse. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Our first question comes to us from Ace Horizon with two of their saltiest moments. The first saltiest moment. I was playing in a four-player pod. This is almost a year and a half ago. A player decided to join us. He plays a goblin tribal deck and then starts pumping off on turn four and has a good amount of goblins by that moment. I assume it's like maybe a Krenko deck or something. Mm-hmm. Or then a mistaken... Jank Bank Warden. No. No! <laughs> <laughs> I then mistakenly cast Blasphemous Act like an instant. I was fairly new into magic and did not pay attention to the card being a sorcery. I then realized the mistake and we keep playing. I then took my turn and did not play the board wipe because I thought the goblins guy was threatened enough. He then proceeds to kill me from 40 life by using all of his goblins. I don't remember how he did it, but he could only take care of one player at a time. I then died and someone else used another board wipe after he killed me. He lost everything and I sat without playing for around an hour until the game ended and he also lost. I was really salty. Hmm. Interesting. 
I mean, did he want to not get killed? I guess the main thing is like if I'm if I'm the goblin player and I know someone has a board wipe in their hand, yeah, I'm gonna fucking kill them. Yeah, like, you kind of you kind of have to. What else to, are you right? gonna do? It's like I've got this huge board state. <laughs> I don't want to lose it, so that means you're dead. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah sorry, not just, sorry. <laughs> this is just kind of that like beginner misplay salt that you fall into sometimes, where like I can see myself doing this. Where like if I'm playing against one of you guys and you're having a bad game or you've just been like focused a whole bunch and I'm like, ah, you know, I'm not going to like fuck over Mike again after all of this stuff. <laughs> I'll just let him sit there and then you kill me on your turn. I'm like, damn, what, what, why did I do that? <laughs> yeah. Why did I make that mistake? Yeah. And, and also to show that you have the blasphemous act, like how many times do we cast things and then, you know, in our casual games, cast something and then take it back. And we kind of joke like, oh, I'll just reveal this card from my hand and then yeah. keep playing. <laughs> well, it's because that's a, that's what we do. It's like we cast something that we like couldn't cast. And we're like, oh, well, uh, <laughs> I guess uh, I won't do that. And I'll untap my mana and oh, yeah. put this back in my hand. And then yeah. we're good. That happens a ton with when we're playing into like Lavinia Azorius yeah, Renegade. It's always Lavinia. Oh, yeah. Where it just says you can't cast certain things. And it's like, like it has two clauses. One is where if you cast something that uh, and no mana was spent, it gets countered. And then the other one is you can't cast non-creature spells uh, that have a mana value more than the number of lands you control. So it's kind of a weird thing to play into because one, you can cast it, but it gets countered. And the other one, you can't cast it. So if you try to cast it, you're just showing people a card in your hand and but having to rewind. Cast. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. That, that's like a weird i almost wish that it just countered it so you actually could cast it yeah and it would just be like it's countered like sucks to suck yeah i feel like in the cdh games that's one of the few times when it like feels weird because it's like all right well now you've revealed information unintentionally like people know what you have but like you couldn't cast it yeah so the correct thing is to be like no it's just in your hand yeah but and that happens a lot with sorceries and instance too um or even cards that have like even more strict casting timing like there's this black instant where um i forget the name but you cast it and you return any number of creature mm -hmm. cards from your graveyard to play but you can only do it during an opponent's combat step yeah and i have fucked that up so often where totally. i like bust it down i'm like here it comes and it's like oh wait i can't be doing this right now <laughs> well i guess you guys all know i have that and then yep. <laughs> You read the board state and you're like, well, I don't want Sam casting that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to come for him. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that is uh, that is very relatable. That is salty, too, because you you do feel like you you gave the the goblin player some good grace. You're like, hey, look, you know, I didn't do this. And you kind of hope that there's goodwill that comes back. But you got to you got to explicitly extract that deal you yeah, have to, let it be you known know, even amongst your friends you won't get good good goo good gooju for just fucking <laughs> I excuse me I don't, I don't even know what Tony i don't even good i feel gooju? like i lost gooju, my train huh? of thought mid of like <laughs> oh my good, god oh, goodwill is what i wanted to say and so but i was like i, think I don't you know wanted to say juju or something 
Yeah, something like that. Anyway, you won't get the goodwill <laughs> even from your you friends won't get that goo unless you. you get it in. You won't get that goo unless you get, you get that it in sweet, delicious writing. goo. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get if that want, shit in writing. Yeah, if you, you want your friends goo that goo <laughs> from you your, want friends. your friends, goo, you need to get it explicitly. <laughs> you do. That's how it is. I feel like at the end of our Magic Thirty trip, there was a game, and we we talked about it like we were on the bot, but it was just like I could have killed people and I didn't. And there's like two lessons there of like get stuff in writing or like just kill people. (laughs) Yeah. Don't just like leave them around. You got to do one or the other. Yeah. If those moments go by you and you don't point them out, it's like you've, you've left money on the table, you know, we we pointed it out, but I, I did nothing to be like, you owe me or like, help me or like, I just like, like, I'm going to do this. I didn't do this. I'm yeah. not doing this. And then I just let it pass by. And yeah. it was a mistake. You have to put it on the person that they would break a deal. Like they would have to break a deal in order for it to pan out. Exactly. For you. And then it's on them. If they, you know, then they're going to get focused down if they do yeah. go for it. And honestly, think- if, if ACE horizon had done that in this situation, if they had said, Hey, I, you all know, I have a blasphemous act. Your goblin board is crazy. I'm not going to cast it. If you don't swing out at me, Chances are they swing out at one of the other two players. One of them had a board wipe anyways. Yeah. If that player survives and board wipes, sick. All the goblins are gone. <laughs> one of your opponents is out, and you still have a blasphemous act in your hand. Yeah. And, and the further you get away from that misplay of showing it, people are going to forget you have it. True. Oh, that's definitely the worst, too. <laughs> when somebody shows you it, and like five turns later, you're like, fuck. <laughs> I knew you had that. I'm yeah. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's anyway. uh, let's jump into the second salty story from Ace Horizon. The other time I was playing with a friend of mine, the goblins guy from before and a friend of his. I only remember the goblin guy playing another deck that was not the goblins, but was also red and his friend playing an angel's deck or something. It was Avacyn, Angel of Hope. Me and my friend were taking care of the threats and Avacyn was exiled a couple of turns before. We are in like turn six or seven, and the Avacyn player is way behind. He then used Armageddon. Me and my friend immediately scooped. I've never played with any of them since that happened. I get that because of the ability of the Angel Commander. That card can be a one-sided thing and he wins, but he did not have the Angel on the field, so he just reset everybody to no lands. Fuck him. Yeah, I mean, I agree with fuck him. <laughs> I think there might be different sentiments, but like, again, this is so typical of like, if you're going to win and you've got like, like, I understand why it's in the deck. That doesn't bother me as much. But in this scenario, you didn't have it. So like, you literally just like fucking setting the clock to zero. and like, we're starting over. And I do not like that. I love to see a top 100 salty card in the wild <laughs> in a story like this. <laughs> yeah, and it bears mentioning that Avacyn Angel of Hope is a 8-8 legendary creature angel, costs 8 mana, 5 colorless, and 3 white. It is flying in vigilance, and the most important piece of text is Avacyn, Angel of Hope, and other permanents you control are indestructible. It makes sense to have a land destruction card in an Avacyn, Angel of Hope deck because you can make it a one-sided wipe and just springboard yourself to victory after that as a massive tempo hit. Yeah. But to drop that shit, they'll concede at that point because they know they've lost. Like, yeah, you did the thing. Well, like, turns we can't out do that much. if you just cast it anyways, they'll concede too, Tony. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but that's concede out of rage, and nobody like. I I think there's very few people that actually enjoy that. Like, 
getting a win because like everyone else like hates you so much that they concede and hate they hate what you're doing yeah and they're like like i don't think anybody truly at their core likes that judging by some of mike's facial expressions it seems like maybe he does and i feel a little differently about him as a player now but like you know what am i gonna do no i don't i don't like that i don't like honestly (laughs) honestly i don't like the scooping because of it which is maybe even worse i think i'm gonna get even more hate for this but um, (laughs) i am a big i am a big proponent of people should be allowed to play to their outs and if slowing the game down by another 10 turns and making it take another hour is actually your best avenue towards finding a win in your deck. I think it's justified to play towards that. Uh, Is that maybe kind of shitty sometimes? Yeah. And like, I'm not going to make that call every single time, Uh, but I also am generally going to like not hold it against someone if they do make those plays. Yeah. But to clarify, like you're saying that from your own perspective, like you would play through it because your ability to potentially rebuild your board and play to your out and maybe get the win is something that you want to hold on to. But like you said, a lot of players don't want to do that and they just want to jump to the next game. Right. I think the downside of that is that you potentially have two opponents watching you and this other person, like one V one. Yeah. (laughs) And if one person still keeps their board uh, or most of their board after an Armageddon and now they're one V one in you, like if the caster of the Armageddon still has a pretty decent board state and then they're just hitting you with a 1v1, now your chances of finding that win over the next you know, 7 to 10 turns, they, they do become slimmer because it's not really spread around across three opponents as well. So I do think like it's a weird thing where people dropping out in that situation can impact your potential to recover and win. And you also miss out on having two opponents who are recovering, trying to help you beat this arch enemy. So it... I don't know. I, I think if you can get the table to have everybody agree to hang on and just push through, um, that can honestly sometimes be a great response to the Armageddon player. It's like, hey, yeah. get ready for a really boring 45 yeah. minutes. <laughs> that, but that's what I'm saying. Like the Armageddon player, it's in their right. They've got the card. They can cast it. If they think that's going to help them win, they should cast it. If they don't, like if they're just playing it to be an agent of chaos, that's shitty. You know, they shouldn't do that. Like, I I don't think you should make plays that are just because you can. Yeah. You have to really think that that's like going to help you find a win. Uh, So it's kind of hard because you can't really totally jump into someone's head like that yeah i think this is your objection you're about to make tony yeah like in that scenario if you can't save your board and you don't have like pure gas in your hand if you don't have fucking lands in your hand to play any gas that you might have like it is agent of chaos because you're just drawing cards off the top hoping that like something happens that should be like playing to your out (laughs) but like (laughs) that's the other thing i always get I, i always find kind of funny about people complaining about like hard resets of the board is like oh, no one's going to have anything to do. It's going to grind on for turns and turns. It's like, well, yeah, but each of those turns should be like, draw, don't have anything to play, pass. It's like, the, that's going to be really quick. And then someone will have something to play and they'll play it and they'll start hitting people. Like the game shouldn't be slow from that point on. I don't, I don't know. know. I disagree. I think like even early turns in Commander still somehow take like an amount of time. And then with those kinds of turns, people are taking their 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 i guess rightful if they want like bitch fest 
like on those kinds of trips. <laughs> like everybody like draws and like great. Like I don't have anything. Like I have these cards in my hand. Let me think about the things I can't do. Talk to you, everybody about issue. it. Be mad and then pass. That's so, a like, separate issue. Are, no, I know, but I'm saying like they're not fast as a result of that because yeah. that definitely happens. You know, I dislike that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I love that, but that's like definitely a result of that kind of a move. You know, I think it's the tempo hit that really does it because even in those first turns of an EDH game, there's a understanding that things might be a little slow. People are developing. It's laid back like you're dipping your toes into the pool by turn seven or eight big swings are happening big plays and with a super wipe you know something that's going to hit all lands all creatures all artifacts something like massive that's really going to impact the board it's the tempo hit it's not that it stalls out the game or slows it down it does stall it out in that the winning turn has pushed back but it's more about like there's been a dramatic change to the pace of the game Mm. I and love I think that, that frustrates people. Yeah, I know you love that. Well, like <laughs> I, the analogy, the analogy I'd make everyone feel free to at Mike <laughs> all you want. <laughs> the The analogy that I'd make is like m- this won't land for everybody. But if anyone's watched like Starcraft won't or land like, for everybody, <laughs> <laughs> if, if people have watched like RTS stuff like starcraft or warcraft 3 or whatever age of empires might have it to some extent there are sometimes these games where someone will like you'll both have built up your entire army you'll you'll hit like the supply cap the most units you can have on the board you're like teched way far up you have all the upgrades you have this huge battle like most of the units get killed like people's economies become in shambles because like bases are destroyed and then you end up with this scenario where people have one worker and they have to like go build a base and like because they can scrape out this advantage to like maybe be able to get the win because of that (laughs) and i think those games are like super interesting and weird and just because it doesn't follow like the standard build 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 everyone's states are growing to crescendo and then the game ends doesn't yeah. follow that trajectory it can still be an interesting game if you just let it be what it is uh as long as you're not just making plays to like chaotically piss people off like think about whether it really is gonna possibly let you win that's all well i will say that one anyone can scoop in a situation like that i don't hold it against you yeah you know uh but two sometimes those sure wins where you think it's inevitable and everybody decides to scoop. Sometimes those don't pan out. Like we've had games where one or two of us have scooped and a couple others have hung out and pushed through to the end. And the person who had what we thought was a clear advantage doesn't win. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause you pull a, you know, you rip like a path to exile and that Avacyn is gone now Yeah, and it's too expensive to recast and you just, build up enough tempo where you, you get back into it. Like it's not impossible. Um, and sometimes it is an even more exciting victory when you can overcome those odds yeah. and come back. Well, I feel and like crush it, someone. Uh, it was, I mean, it was one of the moments to me being like blue is a fucking trash color. Cause I, I cast my first, I'm pretty sure it was my first cyclonic rift, like overloaded. I was playing Obeka. I had like fucking, uh, the Eldrazi, it that betrays out. I had like a crazy board state. I bounced everyone's shit and Nick conceded 
And then I fucking lost that game. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even know how it happened, but I remember like losing being like, wow, how did I, how did this, how did we get here? Blue's <laughs> not even good. Again, I psychotic rift and I didn't even win. Like, what's the point? <laughs> oh man, but, uh, now I'm so curious about that game. <laughs> sounds like piloting error. It probably was. <laughs> what do, uh, what do we think about the salt rating here though? I think I'm, this is pretty high salt. I, again, anytime that people don't play with other people again, that's like pretty capped up, pretty <laughs> yeah. full to bursting on salt. Yeah, that's a high level of angst. That's teenage angst to the max. Teenage angst. <laughs> well, I don't know how old Ace Horizon is, but... No, I just meant it's like that level, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's that teenage angst that like, I fuck know you, and love. I'm never talking Netflix to you shows. again. <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I it's definitely high levels of salt. I, I see why. Okay. Okay, I found it. I've been, <laughs> I've been looking for the Obeki game. Yes. Oh, <laughs> tell me. Sorry to interrupt the salt rating. Yeah, both situations are super salty. Land destruction when you don't expect it. And someone just used it chaotically is fucking annoying. And man, it sucks to make misplays. Uh, so the notes... Uh, this was an in-person game. I think the notes will say that Sam wins too, if I remember correctly. I won, baby. I won <laughs> yeah. the game. That's what I thought. Yeah, it, the it, smile on your face already <laughs> told us that. You can hear it in my voice, yes. my smile. Um, yeah, it was a crazy arch enemy game. Obeka was insane. Tony psych rifted. Nick scooped. This is an in-person game, so the notes are kind of shitty. Nick was oh, playing Ozgear. Um, Mike was on Brian, and I was on Rafik. And oh, Nick scooped, and then now it makes more sense. <laughs> we kept going, and I knocked out Tony with the Rafik, and then I knocked out Mike, and that was that. Uh, and nice. Nick, Nick was the saltiest baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the note just says "scoop" in all caps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like a big thing for us because, like, it's pretty rare in our pod that that happens. Yeah, it's rare that we get rage scoops. Yeah, for sure. It is. It's usually like an intentional, like, like it's writing the on the wall, truly scoop. on the wall, yeah. and like we know there's nothing else. We'll just be like, okay, like that's good, like yep. done, shuffle up. But or when there's a will breaker out and you crush your friend's wills to play, Ugh, gross. <laughs> My will is shattered. Will shatterer. Uh, how about another one? <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. Uh, so our next story comes to us from. Fox tattoos on Instagram. And I just want to take this moment to shout out all of our tattoo artist friends and followers. We have this like contingent of tattoo artists that all play magic and listen to the podcast. And I think that's like the fucking coolest thing ever. (laughs) I'm like really into tattoos and have a bunch. And the fact that there are all these like amazing tattoo artists that love our shit. It's like amazing it's so so cool and i fucking love it i'm all about i don't it. have any myself but i've like thought about getting one so many times and i have watched every season of ink masters because i like i just like them a lot Dude, just cool. get a tattoo just get one well i'm still at that like virgin tattoo point where like i feel like the first one's supposed to mean something it to doesn't, me doesn't though just get... i know i the know is, everyone <laughs> says the first like... one everyone's like oh but it has to matter and then you get it and then you get your second one it's like yeah it has to matter a little bit and then you get a third one it's like i guess it has to matter and now i'm just getting like 
Hey, it would be cool if I got like a whatever. manga panel on my leg. <laughs> yeah. Or like, I like Thundercats, so I'll get this tattoo. <laughs> like it doesn't, after a certain point, it just doesn't matter at all. No, I know. I think the other thing that gets me a bit is like, from watching Ink Masters, it, se- it seems like they fucking hurt. Like, that's <laughs> eh, fine. It This is what a tattoo feels like. Like, they do hurt. I think people who say tattoos don't hurt are full of shit and trying to act really tough. Tattoos yeah. do hurt. But what it feels like, is it feels like a cat is scratching on a sunburn. Oh, that sounds really unpleasant. Yeah, it's it's unpleasant. And And depending on where it is, it hurts more. But like, you just meditate through it. The last half hour will suck. It's fine though. Mm. But man, it's just so fun to have. But some of my like (laughs) sentimental tattoos are my least favorite tattoos. (laughs) What it's about like 10,000 or bust? Like, like, fucking, what do you even mean? <laughs> the house all mine tattoo will be sentimental. That is literally going to happen. And you guys will probably want to have a tattoo before that. <laughs> 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 if that's your first one, I mean, it'll probably it's, be sentimental at that point to you. Prominence will be fucking big. Like, <laughs> yeah, my first one was huge. It like took up my whole shoulder. It's oh a way to do it, man. Anyways, yeah, box tattoos. <laughs> thank you for this story. Um, and it says, meant to send this a couple nights ago. My fuck face best friend builds the saltiest <laughs> fat bitch decks. He runs Willbreaker and Hirobi Death's Whale in his Tox Rail deck. And every time they come out, I want to throw up on him and rip his cards in half after I flip the table. <laughs> he also runs Urborg, Tomb of Yogmoth, and Cormus Bell to wipe out everyone's lands with Toxrill and make a shit ton of slug tokens that everyone is just fucked. He is such a shit stain. Figured this was relevant. <laughs> we both build salty decks, and normally I welcome trash magic, but every time this shit happens, I get so fucking mad. Pretty much writing to let everyone know my best friend is a dickhead. Love the pod. <laughs> Later. I love so many of those things, but <laughs> yes. in particular, I love... It's a shit stain. <laughs> this is this is why we made the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like straight up. Just to celebrate that. Oh man. When I read that, I like guffawed. It's like <laughs> just that phrase, my fuck face best friend. Like, yeah. oh dude, I feel it. I feel it. I feel it in my soul. Like, it's so good. I love it. I love when there's a crew that is just like dumping each other in salt and and hating it but loving it and also the <laughs> phrase trash magic like playing trash magic yeah perfect thing. like yeah we're just playing trash magic we're just trying to make each other as salty as possible yeah. and just be like salty bitches and you know fucking scream and cry about it it's the best oh my god can we can we get a quick read on Toxrail? Because I do think that's that's worth the read at least of all the of all the shouts of cards in there. That is such a salt inducing thing, and it's so flavorful that it's salty too. Yeah, let's read Toxrail. Toxrail the corrosive is a seven seven legendary creature slug horror. It costs five colorless mana and two black mana. At the beginning of each end step, put a slime counter on each creature you don't control. Then the next ability reads, creatures you don't control get minus one, minus one for each slime counter on them. Whenever a creature you don't control with the slime counter on it dies, create a one, one black slug creature token. And then this final ability is for one blue and one black, you can sacrifice a slug and draw a card. And just to add to that, I think at this point, everybody knows what Ergborg 
what Urborg Tomb of Yawgmoth does. It's basically the Yavimaya Cradle of Growth for Black. It makes every single land and play a swamp. And what Cormus Bell does, I'll read the updated text first. Cormus Bell is an artifact that costs four mana, and it says all swamps are 1-1 one, one black creatures that are still lands. So Toxreal <laughs> dumps a slime on every land that your opponents control and kills them all. <laughs> Amazing. And just for fun, I'll read the old text of Cormus Bell, because this is an old card. Treat all swamps in play as 1-1 one, one creatures. Now they can be enchanted, killed, and so forth. They can be tapped either for mana or to attack. Swamps have no color. They're not considered black cards. <laughs> Did you read that word for word? That's crazy. That was so funny. And so forth. I love that. They're like, they can be enchanted, killed, and fuck it. You know the rest, dude. We're not going <laughs> to yeah. listen to all that. Like, like creature shit. Come creatures on, get the program. <laughs> uh, I think that is spicy as fuck. And I too would be, um, yeah, like raging. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like that is this we just talked about scoopable situations yeah. that is the situation That's in which you scoop fully scoopable yeah and it's also it is nice because like it should lead to a win you know it should be pretty straightforward like directly into a dub off of that <laughs> is yeah the, i uh, agree is there a there's not a cdh build of Toxreal, is there there is there oh, is there a is. cdh build of Toxreal because if you get infinite mana Toxville's last ability where you can pay one black and one blue and sack a slug to draw a card. Toxreal itself is a slug. Oh, wow. So if you get so infinite an colored mana, oh, you can just... cast and sack Toxreal to itself, draw your entire deck, and then combo from there. Very nice. So there's a bunch of different infinite outlets that you want to do with it. You know, like a classic like Dramatic Scepter would, would be amazing in that deck. Sure, sure, yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's it's interesting, man. It, it's cool. I think um I think our buddy Ghost Productions has a actually I, I know for a fact our buddy Ghost Productions has a Tox Real CDH deck that he's been playing around with and it's cool. uh, it's it's spicy for yeah, sure. Yeah, I want to play against it. I mean, I don't, but I do want to see it. Yeah, I don't, but I do want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> How big is Tox Real? Does does it have a big butt? Toxville is huge. Yeah. Toxville yeah, is a, a fucking 7-7. Seven, seven. Oh, wow. It's a 7-7 seven, seven for 7 yeah. with like four abilities on top of it. That are all relevant. Yeah. Nice. Well, I love that. I want to give away and I got the um like alternate art one that just looks like super nasty and crazy. It almost looks like a Jinji Ito art piece. It's fucking sick. I'll do something with that one day. What do we think about the salt rating here? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> justified through the roof. Like, <laughs> I, I love this post because it feels like it was written right after it happened. Yes. Yeah. Like, like I have, if someone asked me to write a letter into a podcast right after I'm at my peak salt, it would come out very similar to this. Yeah. <laughs> Just be like, fuck For you, you fucking piece of shit. I fucking hate you. And I I love it even more that it's it's their best friend, you know? It's yeah. like, yeah, it's my yeah. fucking best friend is a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that. And I definitely want to adopt the phrase trash magic. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like that is a new tier of, you know, you have your 
your mid power, your high power casual, your CDH, and you get your trash magic. <laughs> That's the gameplay segment, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're just trying to you're just trying to get as many like tears as you can from your opponent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love this because it's so clearly like salt under the bridge, if you will. Like there, there's true rage here. There's yeah. actual salt but it's not going to stop them from playing with each other at all. They're just going to show up and try and razz each other up even harder uh, in future (laughs) games. I I love that, you know, like just being able to lean into that. You're still going to find so much fun. Uh, Big fan of this salt. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the, it just sounds like a fun pod. Like I want to make my saltiest deck and like throw down with these guys, you know? (laughs) Well, another Let's do another one. So this one comes to us from Reddit, back to those old minds that we know and love. And this one comes from user Visith. If you guys see user Visith uh, and have any idea how to spell that, just from me saying it, give them an upvote. <laughs> <laughs> you must have won your county spelling bee too. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get an origin, please? <laughs> Can you use it in a phrase? <laughs> and this post is a Monday morning post or mm-hmm. Monday memories as they call it now, but that's a stupid name. It lacks the puns. It's not interesting. Uh, and and people write happy tell, stories Sam is there. still upset about it. Like- I'm still salty about that, dude. I still think it's dumb. Like when I'm trying to find salty posts and I go to Monday memories, I, I really need to look for them because half of them are like played a pretty cool game yesterday. It's like, I don't care. <laughs> Who cares? Your game is bad. Yeah, I want to hear about the salt. I want to hear the bad game. So then you can give people actual advice instead of just being like, wow, that's a pretty cool interaction. Man, the world is full of cool interactions. I want to hear about the bad ones. <laughs> we thrive on negativity. Exactly. We turn that negativity into positivity or something. So the post goes... <laughs> Had a pretty bad experience last Sunday, sat down at a table, told people I was new and was playing a stock pre-con. They mostly seemed friendly. However, their decks seemed pretty strong. I may just be whining, but surely playing cards like Vampiric Tutor, Ristic Study, Oko Thief of Crowns, and Siege Rhino is a little much. (laughs) 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 Laughing at the Siege Rhino? Yes. (laughs) Let's talk about that. (laughs) There's even three instances where someone on the table had an infinite. Two of the infinites made infinite tokens, and the other forced the whole table to sacrifice all of their creatures. There's even one stack that took around 20 minutes to resolve. I didn't expect to do well. It's a pre-con after all. However, I probably should have realized I was out of my element when the other three had full art and foil decks. Mm. There's a couple things here, you know, like... First thing is, should we read Siege Rhino? Because I don't even know what the <laughs> yes. fuck it does. Yeah, we should read <laughs> The other cards, I was like, all right, like maybe. But then what the fuck is Siege Rhino? <laughs> See, the Siege Rhino inclusion in this post makes me think it might be a troll, honestly. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It, it's So I can add some, some you, read Siege Rhino, and then I can add another layer here. I'll give the background for it a little bit also. So Siege Rhino is one and then Abzan, so a white, a black, and a green for a creature Rhino. It has Trample and it has when it enters the battlefield, each opponent loses three life and you gain three life. And it's a four or five. Mm. 
So it's kind of innocuous. No, it's basically the same as a vamp tutor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? It's that fucking no. tier of good. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's hilarious about this is that this card was an absolute menace in standard. Uh, it was like just just ridiculous it was four mana for a four or five it drained three it had trample like for yeah, some yeah. reason this card just like warped the format that it was yeah. in and it just like completely dominated and people were like what like it was kind of a dark horse too it came out and no one really thought it was going to be that good but then it just demolished stuff uh so it's hilarious to see this person that's you know admittedly new to commander identifying this as like an actually threatening card because this card does not matter in commander anymore <laughs> like there's there's definitely cool things you can do with it like flickering it or recurring it and you know yeah. getting repeated value off of it but on its face it's not like a it's nowhere so near it's the not caliber like of Oko the other cards. It's not like Vamp Tutor, <laughs> no. and it's not no, fucking it's Rhystic not. Study level good. Well, like, exactly. So, so now that you've read it, maybe it is. I don't know. To, to defend Visif, as you guys dogpile on this poor <laughs> new player, um, they they do say like there's a little chat chain uh, in this post, and people are like, "Why Siege Rhino? That's so weird." <laughs> and they're like, "Hey, I'm new to Magic, and even I heard how good Siege Rhino and Oko were because they were both." cards that absolutely warped and terrorized standard right. and something uh, even okay. comes in is like siege rhino was fucking crazy in standard <laughs> it's not really great in commander but it's insane in in standard so i think it's if you're new to commander but you have some standard background and you're seeing cards that are good in standards <laughs> you might be like what the fuck like you're dropping that shit in this game as far as the other ones i mean you know, to get into like some real advice here, Vampiric Tutoristic Study and Oko are insane cards. Oko was amazing in standard. It's still really good in commander, yeah. just as repeated removal. And Vampiric Tutor and Ristic Study are clearly like the, the term signpost isn't right. They're powerful effects, but like really they kind of depend on the deck for how powerful they are. They're good in every deck, but they're not like they're the premium things within their color pie. Like yeah, Rhystic Study yeah. is one of the most effective ways to draw a bunch of cards. Like Siege Rhino is is top tier Abzan card. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It drain yeah. everyone or yeah, just drains, stop. drains each opponent. <laughs> stop. Yeah, dude. You get that and Skullwinder in a deck and you're off oh, the God, races. Dude. I'm quitting. <laughs> Please, bro. Please, I'm quitting. bro. <laughs> what I wanted to say was that Vampiric Tutor and Ristic Study are <laughs> indicator cards. Yeah, now, We've talked about this before because I think sometimes people will see a strong card like a Mana Crypt um, or a Dual Land. You know, you'll sit down for some casual magic. Someone drops a Mana Crypt turn one. Someone drops a Savannah turn one. It doesn't necessarily mean their deck is super tuned up and powerful, but it's an indicator. It's an indicator of a certain level of deck building, a certain value of that deck, which again, value isn't 100% a link to power level, but it still indicates that that it kind of stuff helps. is going on. It's still related. Yeah. yeah. And I think that it is incredibly valid. You know, Visit says, am I just whining here? I think it's totally valid to be wary of Vampiric Tutor, Rhystic Study, and Oko. Obviously, Siege Rhino, we've laughed about a little bit. It's not really that crazy card. But like also seeing infinite combos on the table, 
is not something that people should be playing against precons. And the fact that those decks were totally foiled out and and shit like that is kind of crazy too. Doesn't like the black Warhammer 40k precon have infinite lines in it? Maybe. I think there are infinite lines in precons, though I, I think they try and avoid it. I'm pretty yeah, sure there are a couple that have them. I guess it's just another one of those indicators to me yeah, where it's it like whenever I see someone going infinite, it speaks to a specific power level that I generally put above precons. I mean, you can fall into like a four card, five card infinite combo, but if you're seeing like two and three card infinite combos yeah. at precon games, like, I don't know. To, to me, this is like the table of these three opponents could have done better to welcome a new player and yeah. give them an experience that was a little bit more even. I think we're encountering overall, you know, the classic power level mismatch. And it can be tough too, because this could be a world where they are playing like their lowest power decks and they're just experienced enough and have been in yeah. the game long enough that even their lowest power things are slightly higher than a precon level. Um, you kind of have to hope at that point that either they offer to like lend a deck so that you can play with something that's a more matching power level or that they do actually still have something lingering around at the precon level. Uh, but yeah, definitely a frustrating situation. Yeah. The the last thing I got to say is that Siege right now has a pretty <laughs> sick secret lair and I'm not even kidding. Like it's a cool really? art and I might pick it up. <laughs> I yeah, dude, it up. You should do it's it. It's full art. <laughs> so like... Dude, I would we love to see Siege that. Rhino win cons. Well, part of me is like, now I feel like I got to build a deck that like infinitely flickers Siege Rhino. Yeah, like with a meal. Yo, that secret layer with Siege Rhino is fucking hot. It is hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. The trippy one. Yeah. Oh, that is. That, that is, is good. Dank. That is a I, crazy card with all the I mushrooms like, and shit on yeah, it. I it's love pretty good. That. I feel like I need every form of Siege Rhino I can get. Well, you can only run one anyway. Nah. You can run a playset of Siege Rhino in Commander. Cheater. That's why Tony is such a high win rate. He just cheats all the time. <laughs> he just has full four stacks of everything he wants in his decks. Yeah. <laughs> what do uh what do we think about the salt rating here? It's high, man. I, it's I think high. it's really frustrating. Like this stuff makes me salty. When I hear about a new player getting in the game and coming up against a situation where your opponents aren't really honoring like what that moment warrants it's frustrating that is the kind of situation that could potentially push someone out of commander totally you know? it's a form of gatekeeping in some ways it's like yeah not necessarily intentionally but it's like oh well here's how this game is gonna be you know like sucks to not be here yet but this is what we want to play yeah. uh, i honestly like when i'm playing with newer players i, I almost always want to have a deck that's like lower in power level than than what they're running and i'm Same. i'm I'm bummed when I, that's not the case. I, I think the only thing to keep in mind is like this was at an LGS or something you said, right? Yeah. I I think the the one thing there that Mike mentioned earlier is like they may not have had anything lower. Like sometimes you go out and you only bring like one deck or two decks. Um, and I love the concept of like here you should play one of the like play this deck because it's like it's gonna keep up with everything here better. But at same. the same time, it's like. The person who is who does have this deck, they're like, but I ha I like got this deck. Like I think it's cool and I want to play it. And so it's it's a hard scenario to navigate. But I definitely think it's one of those things where you gotta 
find a way to do it because the saddest part of all this is is pushing someone away from magic as opposed yeah. to getting them amped up to like play more yeah. the thing like that hard. makes me think about is like i mean this is kind of an extreme example right um and i don't think that this necessarily i don't think that the skill disparity is the same in the example i'm about to provide but we've all played tag with like a five-year-old right I don't fucking sprint yeah, away I from fucking, that. I don't oh, sprint I do. away like, from that five-year-old. You. Trying to win, like yeah, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> I don't sprint away win. from that five-year-old and and be like, you can't fucking catch me, you piece of. You know, like I'm not. I'm not trying to know what yeah. life is like. Or if we're playing like a game of catch, I'm not like whipping the ball at yeah. like a child and being <laughs> like, like, you the can't catch the way when the kids are around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like it's just I don't know it just speaks to this whole thing of, of not really being welcoming and all that kind of stuff. And, and I don't think that. So hopefully um, our buddy Visith was able to find, you know, some, some people who are playing at the same power level and hopefully still having some good experiences out there in spite of coming into some power level mismatches. Is it, um, is there a certain time that it is becoming? Uh, I think it is that, time i guess <laughs> <laughs> well great the salty card of the week this week for those about to salt we salute you i feel like that's a song you don't know for those about to rock by acdc excuse me i mean i've probably heard it once or twice Ugh. maybe uh Mike, are you saying excuse me to me or to Tony? To Tony. Oh, <laughs> I was like, how mad do I need to be right now? <laughs> yeah. Do I need to be mad at two people or one person? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't sing a song from Les Miserables. <laughs> <laughs> if you had, maybe people would have fucking gotten it. <laughs> yeah. So, Mike, tell us what that salty card is. For those about to salt, we salute you. The salty card of the week this week is Void Winner. Oh, fucking hate this card. Uh, nice. Spoilers, everybody. Spoilers. <laughs> it is a nine mana Eldrazi creature. It has your opponents can't cast spells with even converted mana costs. Your opponents can't block with creatures with even converted mana costs. And it is an 11 9. So, Sam, you uh, you don't like this one very much? It's just irritating, man. We were talking about cards like this earlier. It's another one of those cards where you might forget and like misplay into it all the time. And you're like, I cast my Arcane Signet. And they're like, uh, you can't. And you're like, well, shit. I guess I reveal I have this card. I put it back Ooh. in my hand. And then I try to cast something else. I don't know. It's just annoying. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like that it's a big-ass beater, too. Does it have Annihilator? No, that no guy doesn't have fucking annihilator. But, <laughs> but even just like the way it warps combat, the way it warps the game, and what you can cast and stuff like that. I know why it's played because it's super good. I mean, played in your Obosh companion deck and fucking you know reap those benefits. But it is an annoying card. I think the design is pretty cool as far as like, hey, it's odd only kind of stuff. Uh, it's very Hearthstone. What do you think, Tony? I think that it's a real feel bad when it hits. I think the thing that usually makes me salty about it is that like the nine mana cost is supposed to make it fair. 
And like, I don't think I've ever seen somebody cast this for nine mana. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. They're always like cheating it in some way. Like I have cheated in shit like this before. <laughs> and like, I, I have never paid the full amount of mana. I don't think for any Eldrazi I've ever played. And like, it's just, that's, that's the part that makes me salty when it's just like yeah. turn four, they do some janky shit and like, it's out and you're like, well, yeah here i am (laughs) and even if they are it's not like they're tapping nine lands to bring it out like there's like a big rock that taps for three or you know they're like using their thran dynamo or a bunch of like yeah it's like thran dynamo soul ring and braids (laughs) yeah Yeah, braids braids. oh man yeah they're just braiding it out and getting it out for free or binning it and resurrecting it I don't feel like infinite all when it's played because I can play other stuff still. I feel frustrated, but like not. I I feel like I actually don't feel so bad when it's out. But again, my salt mostly comes from the like fuck. This like thing is just here for free, and like now I gotta fucking do something about it or try and do something about it, and usually can't. But it's just game warping, and it's a fucking bomb. Like it is just a huge ass creature that yep. is gonna crush in combat. And again, it's one of those things where you forget the board state and you misplay into it over and over again. And it's just irritating. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Mike? Uh, I think I will echo pretty much everything you guys said. I think it's a force to be reckoned with in CDH as well, just because it's counters out all the zero mana spells. So it's it's blocking all of those out as well. And all the twos, Uh, dude. Underworld Breach, Dockside. Yep. Is anyone playing for it when we're in a CDH deck? I was going to say, I don't think good. anybody plays this in CDH. I've seen it in some lists. I'd have to go look it up, what it's actually getting run in. Mm. Um, what about a pack one, pick one? Do you take it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> does the format support ramp? Probably not, because draft is trash. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> no, draft is great. <laughs> draft is good. Um, there is one thing that I do really like about this card. And it's in the rulings for it. So there's five rulings for this card. And the last ruling for it is, yes, your opponent can't even, we know. (laughs) Can't even. Oh, my God. Man, that's silly. Yep. Flavor, flavor. Where does it lie on the list? Uh, You want to take some guesses? I do. Um, I'm going to go... 63 i was gonna say 62 are you Mm. kidding me (laughs) well it actually falls at 41 41 41 really yeah it's it's gently nestled in between blood moon and send triplets (laughs) oh it is it is not even close to those two cards in my opinion (laughs) yeah like i don't like it but but Blood Moon and Send Triplets are way, way saltier than Blood Moon. I, I guess I just got to bring this into more decks then. See what you guys think. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, that's interesting. You can yeah. slot it in instead of Bear of the Heavens and Brian. And anytime you play it, I'll just be happy. I'll be uh, like, that's a, nice. <laughs> I, I, I would condone that. I'd rather play against this than Bear of the Heavens for I'd sure. I'd probably put it in Volrath instead. It should that, be in Volrath. That deck needs more wacky shit. Is it not shit. already in Volrath? I thought well, that's where we saw it. It's like it's like ten bucks, twelve bucks. So oh, okay, it's, it's a little pricey. Volrath again was built like completely from collection. So yeah. you know what I don't like about this card? Just another extra thing to add on, um, and it makes me think of Obosh too. Is that there is this design space with Void Winnower and Obosh where you can make this like all 
odd cost deck if you want that has synergy with odd costs but there isn't an even cost version of that there's no companion mm. that supports even costs and i don't think there are even cost cards out there that are like cast a zero two four or whatever you know is gyruda a joke to you sam oh yeah what's this gyruda say build gyruda, gyruda says him. your starting deck contains only cards with even converted mana costs and it's <laughs> a companion <laughs> and you literally have that out. deck and i literally, literally built it. you that deck <laughs> yeah yeah but i don't play it's trash <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that uh yeah that wraps up our winnowy salty card of the week well thanks mike that was great and thank you to the listener for tuning into another episode of the howling salt mine podcast we hope you enjoyed hanging out with us talking about some salty stories and uh you know goofing around a little bit laughing doing our thing if you want to have a story featured on a future episode of the podcast hit us up on gmail instagram or twitter or our reddit dms uh, our Gmail is thehowlingsaltmine at gmail.com. Of course, we ask you to keep those stories short, sweet, and to the salt. Our Instagram is thehowlingsaltmine. Twitter is at howlingsaltmine. And Reddit is thehowlingsaltmine. Hit us up wherever is convenient for you. Tell us your salty story. Tell us about your friends pissing you off, about people being weird to you when you're a new player. Give us a salty confessional. We love those. Haven't had a great salty confessional in a while. Um, where maybe you got really salty and you want us to know about it. I'm pretty the, sure the guy referring to his friend as a shit stain might have been a salty confessional. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's that's very true. <laughs> it wasn't really much of a confessional, though. He was like standing on a mountaintop proclaiming it. It wasn't like whispered in secrecy. It was like, I'm fucking salty and everyone must know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If you guys want more Howling Salt Mine content, hit us up on Patreon. We have a bustling Discord community with a bunch of people in there. We're talking about new cards. We're sharing memes, pet pics, talking about music, video games, just life in general. It is an awesome time. Got a great little community building up over there. And being on Patreon also gives you some extra content every single month, a little bit more of us. And um, there's going to be a lot more growth in our Patreon what we're providing this year is that continues to go up. So keep your eye on that. And if you haven't given us a rating yet and you're enjoying the show, a five-star rating in whatever app you're listening in goes a really long way. And lastly, have to shout out our amazing artist, JD Burnett, Devin Burnett. Um, I, his Instagram name is JD Burnett, but his name is Devin. I, this is just like, if people are wondering why I say that every single time, I just want to make sure I'm covering all the bases when it comes to names. <laughs> um, Devin is an amazing tattoo artist in Asheville, North Carolina. So go hit him up if you want to get some sweet ink and get the Howling Salt Mine logo tattooed right on your forehead. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again, everybody. Stay salty. And as always, don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step. It's just, it leads to that board state where it's like, I have five different flipped over cards on my deck.
or on my yeah, board. Yeah. Like if I had some Infinite Tokens or uh, you know, maybe some uh sponsorship from Infinite Tokens, hit us up. <laughs> um I would definitely play it all the time. <laughs> oh my god, bro. Oh my god. <laughs> This drew like a hunk of beef. <laughs> yeah, I drew the word beef in letters that look like pieces of beef. Kind of like bacon. No. Like I feel a, like I like, no, like I mean like I feel like I've seen like shirts that like say bacon, but they're it's like spelled. Oh, but it's in like meat bacon. letters. Yeah, yeah. That's basically yeah. it. Gotcha. It's got that like meat letter steez. <laughs> steez. I'm on that meat letter steez. All right, let me get this shit open. That Gaga dress, Steez. Yeah, that Gaga meat dress. She Gaga on my meat dress. That Gaga <laughs> meat dress? <laughs> Mike is so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs>